On today's Money with Friends, how do billionaires decide where they're going to live? And is there anything we can gleam about the thought process they have when they decide where they're going to live? Well, we'll tackle that question and more with thought leader, top financial advisor, and creator and co-host of the Beyond Finances podcast, easy for me to say, Eric Robertge. Welcome to Money with Friends, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihi. I'm Eric Robert, coming to you live from Boston, Massachusetts. This is the financial show and uh, commentary podcast where we focus on topics that will help you as a saver, earner, and spender six days a week. We take uh, headlines ripped from the financial press. Today's comes to us from MarketWatch. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Rocket Dollar. Thanks to them for supporting Stacking, Be- Stacking Benjamins. Bunny with friends. How about that? Rocket Dollar account holders have the ability to invest their retirement savings in anything they choose through a rocket dollar self-directed IRA or solo 401k make direct investments directly into real estate private companies peer-to-peer lending crowdfunding and anything else allowed by the IRS get a hundred dollars off your setup fee by heading to rocketdollar.com slash mwf that's rocketdollar.com slash mwf and today's uh co-host back for a repeat appearance we didn't lose him after yesterday I'm glad he didn't go running for the hills top financial advisor eric Robert is here with us how are you man oh, i'm great it's good to be here again it's like old news now <laughs> well yeah and you're an old hat at this already i can see you getting comfortable it's uh <laughs> it's fun but tell the people that didn't listen uh yesterday about your podcast beyond finances because it's so fun yeah i think just that my wife and i who are both in the in the finance world have done a lot of writing and, and talk about a lot of personal finance stuff that people deal with in their 30s and we just wanted to bring that to life and we wanted to show a behind the scenes view of how finance people have conversations about their own life and their own money so we really just get authentic with it and and have great conversations about priorities and goals and investing and anything else that goes along with just having a good time with money. I love it because I feel like I'm a fly on the wall when I'm listening to you and Kaylee talk about, talk about buddy. And as you were talking about yesterday, uh, topics like priority creep or, uh, man about, uh, about how you make decisions about the, the, um, the, the, the pecking order of how you make decisions, just some, some of these conversations that I think people need to have more often. I think, I think we need to have fewer conversations about how much money I can stuff into a Roth IRA and more conversations about why we would do that in the first place. And it feels like that's what you guys are trying to do. Nailed it. How do you use your money as a tool to live life? Not how do you use your life to build up a big pile of money? Yeah. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. People that have piles of money, billionaires, and how they decide where to live. And to kick it off, let's see which of our friends is going to help us begin today's show. This is Bethany from the Money Millhouse. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, it's time for our headlines. Hey, Joe, what's the big idea? All right. Today's piece I brought to the table, I found this at MarketWatch. This is written by Andrew Keshner, and the the, uh, headline reads, the number one reason billionaires decide to move, it has nothing to do with buying a bigger home. And uh, let's read what Andrew says. 
Sweeping vistas and proximity to fellow rich and famous folks are some reasons why billionaires live with it where they do. And now a new study says estate taxes are a pretty important factor as well. Billionaires tend to move out of states with estate taxes, according to researchers at the University of California, Berkeley, and the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco. The trend grows stronger as billionaires grow older, they said. Monday, studies a peek into the many ways the rich minimize taxes and transfer wealth to the next generation. But it's also a reminder that the less than filthy rich can also avoid and minimize estate tax hits without pulling up stakes and moving elsewhere. The federal government and state governments use estate taxes to tax the transfer of wealth and property from the deceased to their heirs. And it goes on to say 29 states have no estate tax, the study said. The federal estate tax of 40% kicks in and the states that are valued at $11.4 million for an individual and $22.8 million for a married couple. Until 2001, the federal government issued a tax credit to taxpayers that covered state-level estate taxes. It's a mouthful. In effect, the federal government picked up the tab for taxpayers, the study said. Tax cuts during... under the, the Bush administration, repealed that credit. Researchers looked at what happened once, once the federal tax went away, t- federal tax credit went away. And they said in 2010, one in five billionaires that once lived in an estate tax state moved to a state that didn't have a state tax. Almost 43% of billionaires 65 and older originally in an estate tax state moved to a state without the taxes. How many, how much money is at stake for the filthy rich? A billionaire's death resulted, on average, in 165 million influx oh in the state tax revenues. So, uh, though the the research showed billionaires moving away from states and estate taxes, the researchers said that many states will still benefited from having an estate law on the books, given the money that could come into the coffers. So. I mean, this is this is big money for a lot of really wealthy people, Joe. I mean, how do you? I mean, what is the the whole idea about this estate tax planning? Does it make any sense for people who aren't even billionaires? I don't. Th- I think the idea of estate planning makes a lot of sense. Like having a good estate plan, and I and and as you know, a lot of people don't focus on estate planning at all. But I think for the average person listening to this show, focusing on the estate tax, kind of, kind of, a, even though it's big money for states, I'd say for what ninety nine percent of people out there, you know, they talk about the one percent. If you're not, if you're not the one percenter, a lot of estate planning to worry about. But the estate tax, I, I think it's kind of irrelevant, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's, I agree. Um, I think people that are super wealthy have to pay attention to that stuff, especially when they're saying, well, I want my money to go to my heirs. And if a big chunk of it gets taken out for estate taxes, it doesn't get there. But for most people, whether you have don't have heirs or you don't aren't planning to give them money or just don't have so many assets that the federal government's going to take 40% out of your, your estate, then you may be were it may be worth spending your time elsewhere. These these states that, you know, they talk about the 20 something states that don't have estate taxes, the other ones do. My understanding, though, Eric, for the average person, these 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 taxes are not onerous for the average person who's accumulated, you know, maybe high six figures, let's say even low seven figures. It's not a ton of money. 
Yeah. I mean, I know in Massachusetts, I can't speak for all the states, but in Massachusetts, I think it's about a million bucks. So although if anybody has life insurance and they get paid out life insurance, they're right into that category. But I think it's between, you know, 0.08 or 0.8 and 16% is the range. It's not 40% like federal. So not a huge thing. Obviously, the more money you save, the better. But again, there's probably a lot of things you can spend your time on that will help you more so than this estate planning thing. Well, and it's funny you say that because my reason for uh, bringing this to the table is partly because I see articles like this all the time that are kind of clickbaity. And sadly, there's, there's, there's not a lot here. So what I wanted to do was turn this into the type of piece that I would have preferred to see, which is when it comes to estate planning, there is a lot of work that we should do, Eric. What are some of the things that we should be thinking about when we're thinking about transferring stuff to our heirs? Well, I think the whole concept of estate planning is really important. And one of the, an estate planning attorney explained it to me. He said, estate planning is not about the money. It's about your love for your family. And really, it's getting the facts on paper about how you feel and what you want for your money, how you feel and what you want for your health down before something happens and someone else has to make a decision and they get stressed out because it's such an emotional time. If you can document everything for them, they have to do much less work in a yeah. very, very tough time. Well, and it's funny, in, in my experience, when I was a financial planner, I saw people fought over, they didn't fight over the big money, they fought over mom's chair, right? That's not worth a ton. <laughs> or or they'd, they'd have these, disagree, these little, you know, they, they were siblings for so long and they can't get rid of that. And, um, and and I I would get frustrated when somebody would say, well, you know what, I'm not going to die anytime soon, so I'm not going to worry about my estate plan. Like, it's funny, there was a guy, Adam Baker, who is a member of uh, the financial indie financial community like you and I are. And uh, he had a documentary several, maybe seven, six, seven years ago, talking about death and talking about how nobody dies at the end of the story, Eric. We always die in the middle of the story, but in our head, we're going to die at the end of the story. So getting your estate plan done ahead of time and putting those specifics in that you talk about, so so like important to do that now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's human nature. We, we can't physically or mentally put ourselves in our future self's body to experience with empathy what that's going to be like. So we just don't think it's going to happen instead. It's much easier to, to do that. So we just like disability insurance or life insurance, I mean, getting that estate plan down, it's going to take effort to get it started. You don't want to do it. You have plenty of other things you'd rather be doing, but take the hit, commit the time, get it in place, and then you don't have to revisit it every single year, but it's there until the next time. Right. And and I'm sure that people you work with are a lot like me. I was very surprised when we finished our estate plan and we got our insurances in place, and not even our insurance, it's just our risk management strategy in general, right? Because I like that better than insurance because maybe it doesn't involve insurance. But we had our strategy. We talked about all the what ifs. We, ha- we got that stuff down that I consider boring and I don't want to talk about it, but we got it finished. I couldn't believe how good I felt. Like I, I felt so good once we had those done and you must get that reaction a lot, I would think. Yeah, it's, it's a relief. It's, I mean, it's, it's like, you, you know, suddenly you feel like you're, I don't know if it's a good thing, but feel like you're bulletproof, right? right? Now I'm going to go do risky things because right. I can. <laughs> no, but, but if you have, a lot of times people are having children and then they know that bringing this new person into the world, 
they have to be responsible to protect that child. So just a basic will with guardianship inside of that will is going to give the courts your decision on where that person goes, that your child, um, and who takes care of that person versus having the court say, well, the rule says that so-and-so gets it. You know, how do you feel when, when, when so-and-so gets your child and you didn't want so-and-so to be anywhere near your child? It's, it's funny you say that because living in Michigan where our roads are notoriously bad, in fact, our governor ran on uh, a whole platform of fixing the roads, that uh, the joke has always been, if you don't have a will, the state decides what's going to happen to your kids. So uh, we've seen what your, the state's done with our roads. Imagine what they do with your kids. <laughs> like we, how, If they can't get the roads right, how are they going to get your estate plan right? Um, a few tips that, that I like, and then uh, feel free, Eric, to fill in some of these holes, but a few things that I didn't know that, that I really like now. Number one, the guardian doesn't have to be the same person as the executor of your will. They can be two separate people. So if you know somebody who's very loving with kids but but is horrible with money, you can nominate two different people. Now, those people are going to hate each other if something happens to you because the guardian's always going to want more money and the 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 the, uh, the the conservator who handles the money is going to be is going to usually want to say no and is going to want to look over their shoulder but if you know somebody who's really loving with kids but can't handle money you can still do that and then the second thing it was um, don't forget to do your healthcare power of attorney and that's called something different in every state but that will let somebody work with doctors on your behalf if you're unable and um, and I think it's important to have that person versus don't put your kids on your checking account or on some other account. Have this spring up uh, power of attorney. It's called a durable power of attorney that also helps in with those situations. Um, I'm sure there's like 50 other tips, Eric, that you could probably add. Well, I love that last one you said, and I think it's really important because people don't get it. They say, well, you know, my wife is or my husband is my husband, so they can obviously access our bank accounts. Well, if you're the only person on that bank account and you're incapacitated and, and not of sound mind, the money's not coming out of there because your husband walks in there and says, I want to get the money out. You have to have a durable power of attorney, even if you're the husband, to get access to that money. And especially if it's money that needs to be used to pay bills right now, you're in a jam if you can't get access to it. You can tell by all the mistakes I made early in the show, just uh, leading into the show, that we do this live without fixing it later in front of a Facebook audience. And uh, we're hanging out here with people like Kimberly and, and Ron and uh, Karen, uh, Kevin. So thanks, guys, for hanging out with us. But but Ron has a question. I want to modify his question a little bit. He says, what could one expect to pay for quality estate planning? Who to trust? Let's talk about people at all. Um, are you somebody that likes these uh the do-it-yourself will kits that you can do or do you prefer to have a human being involved in that process well i think for people who will do their own dentistry in their bathroom i would go do-it-yourself will kit but for anybody else i really think it's important because your situation is so different than the next person's that you'd have someone there to look over things to make sure it's it's sound because an estate plan is only as good as the documents and the wording in those documents 
So yeah, it's it, important to do it. Yeah, my thought is is very similar, Ron, and that is that uh, while you might see a lot of the same boilerplate stuff come through in an in, in attorney's office, um, it might look very similar. If there's anything that's strange, the attorney's going to pick it up where the 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 algorithm or the the do it yourself off the shelf paperwork won't pick up. Having that, the second thing is. If you use uh, a service that costs nothing or next to nothing, when you pass away, the first thing your family's going to want to do is go find an attorney. And they're not going to know who to go to. And then not only are they grieving and worried about you, hopefully, if they like you, right? But at the same time, they're they're then uh, trying to also make these very rational decisions at kind of an irrational time. It's a good idea for you to kind of uh, pre-choose who that attorney will be, who they're probably going to turn to anyway. So if it's somebody that you like and they drew up the documents, they're probably going to go back to that same person. So sooner or later, you're going to need the attorney anyway. I think it probably saves you a lot of money over the long term uh, to preview who that would be. I don't know. what Eric, you agree? Yeah. And it's, it's almost, it's paving the road for the future now. So take on that responsibility. I'd rather be the one doing the things now so that it's an easier time for my family down the road. And that ties right back into having the attorney set up already that your family can visit that knows how he built the plan or she yeah. built the plan. So he knows in and out what's going on here. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks for that question, Ron. In just a second, we're going to put Eric on the spot. We're going to ask him what his big takeaway was from this piece that I chose and I'll give you mine too. But first I want to talk about rocket dollar because this is an area, by the way, historically that I have cautioned people against. I've told people when it comes to your IRA or your solo 401k, stick with the basic stuff. However, if you own a company or you're somebody who's very, very interested in owning pieces of real estate, you really want to have that inside your IRA. Some of the companies that are out there that help you with that, very, very difficult to deal with them, which is why I like Rocket Dollar. So if you're someone who is going to put things inside of an investment account, uh, like as an example, a private company, a peer-to-peer lending, uh, real estate, the actual physical real estate, I like Rocket Dollar. They make investments simple. You can actually just write a check out of your Rocket Dollar account. You don't have to wait for the custodian to mail a check on your behalf. And best of all, you keep all the tax protection of your existing IRA or your 401k. Open a Rocket Dollar account today and you can take advantage of the world of investment opportunities. And you get all of this for $15 a month after a one-time $360 setup fee, which is funny. That sounds to the average person, Eric, with a Vanguard account, sounds like a ton of money. However, if you're somebody that's ever tried to put a house inside of an IRA, you know that's not a lot of money for that type of esoteric investing. Uh, So for $100 off, because you listen to the Money with Friends show at Rocket Dollar, head to uh, rocketdollar.com forward slash MWF and then use Money with Friends. It'll tell you exactly how to do that if you use rocketdollar.com forward slash MWF and you'll get $100 off the sign up fee. But clearly, Eric, there's a bunch to know about these esoteric investments inside an IRA. I, all the time, people say, Oh, I want to put my vacation property inside of my IRA. And I always used to say when I was a financial advisor, that's cool, but you know, you can never visit it anymore. (laughs) Like if you visit it, it can't be inside your IRA. Like there's these all kinds of little rules that you need to know. 
Yeah, I mean, even just just anything upkeep, if you want to fix something on the house, you need cash available inside the IRA to pay for that. You can't just pay out of pocket because then you break the veil of the IRA and everything becomes defunct. I mean, it's not it's not something that you should take lightly. Yeah. It's much more complex than just saving some money on taxes. Which is why when I when when I was uh looking at possible sponsors for the show, um, I want to be clear with all of these sponsors that you know what that, that, that it it's specifically why I like Rocket Dollar. Let's put it that way. You go to Rocket Dollar, they will help you through that. But but don't um, don't be playing games with the IRS. <laughs> you know, right? Take have it, someone else they're doing. Yeah, take it very very seriously. All right. Speaking of what we take very seriously here, it's finding out what Eric Robert has his big takeaway. Well, I feel like the biggest takeaway is don't be a billionaire. It's just too complex. More money, more problems. <laughs> Perfect. There it is. <laughs> Done. No, I, I think the real takeaway here is is if there's a headline about something that billionaires are doing, you should probably pay attention to it. Don't just say, I'm not a billionaire. I'll never be a billionaire. They can you know, go screw themselves. It's, well, all right, well, how does this whole estate planning thing impact me? Maybe it's not the same thing as it impacts for them and their their worries are different, but how does it impact me personally? And then figure out if there's anything that you need to do to change things around to protect yourself based on your situation, not theirs. Yeah, I don't have anything to add because that is that it's there's a difference between where most people listening to this are, which is we're all trying to become a billionaire and what billionaires do then billionaires will use different investments. Uh, Billionaires are more not concerned about growing their nest egg anymore, where most of us are still concerned with having growth in our portfolio. As an example, the tax situation, which is what this piece focuses on, completely different, like estate planning for you and I. The stuff you and I focused on about having an estate plan and making sure that you have a, 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 a durable power of attorney and having a, a patient advocate designate or a healthcare power of attorney, as some states call it, having that in place, just having the basics in place, so much more important. So the clickbait, not always as exciting as, as we, well, it's exciting, but not as useful as, as we might hope. Um, tell everybody what's coming up on, on beyond. Well, it's funny yesterday you talked about beyond finances, your fantastic podcast. Let's talk just briefly about the blog because you write everywhere. I see you all the time, uh, giving great advice, but what's coming up on, uh, beyond your hammock. What do you got in the hopper? Honestly, I don't know what the next thing is going to be. I think really what I do is just take all of the conversations that I'm having with with hundreds of people through my clientele and, and other places and just take a very specific topic and put up a blog because we can learn from real experience in real life situations how to change our financial, at least perspective, if not our actually money. So that's what you're going to find on the pod, uh, the, the blog. It's going to be the written version of how to tactfully and responsibly understand what you should be doing with your life and your money as they intersect. Yeah, good stuff there. And by the way, we'll have all of the links to both Eric's uh, uh, blog, which is Beyond Your Hammock, and uh, the podcast Beyond Finances at uh, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. 
Uh, thanks for hanging out, everybody who hung out with us live. You want to hang out with us live, head to facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins. Thanks to everybody who listened to the show, who's left us a review. If somebody doesn't have their estate plan together, send this to them and tell them that, hey, don't take Joe's work for it. We've got Eric Robert's on this one. And he knows, <laughs> even if you don't think Joe knows. So, all right. Thanks a lot. We'll see you guys next time back here on uh, tomorrow. It's going to be Bobby and I. We'll see you tomorrow back here at Money with Friends. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.